Hey everyone, welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. As you can tell already, this is a different one. We had the amazing Frankie. He took a break on this one. He did not edit this podcast. So I apologize in advance for the audio, but it's still a good podcast with the amazing Pastor Kevin Cooley. On my end, when I'm talking, it's going to sound a little weird, but Kevin's audio is great. Thanks again to him. Frankie did not, and I repeat, he did not inhale. No, he didn't edit this podcast, but you're going to enjoy it anyway. The Chariot Chase. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name is Elijah Merle. So honored and blessed to have you guys joining us today, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, all the other platforms. So glad that you took out the time to join us today. Today, we got a special treat. Pastor Kevin Cooley is here on the podcast today. Uh, Pastor Kevin Cooley, an awesome man of God, awesome church that they have there in Mobile, Alabama, uh, sharing the word of God. It's a beautiful thing. Pastor Kevin, how are you this, sir? Hey, Elijah, I'm well. Thanks for having me on today. It's going to be fun to hang out with you. Yes, sir. I'm excited about it, man. I, I, listen, this is, listen, guys, this is a big deal to have Pastor Kevin up here. He's, listen, not to quote Ron Burgundy on the podcast, but he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> I had to throw in a little something there. Hey, guys, today what we have on the podcast, we're talking about witnessing. There's something really good, big on uh, Pastor Kevin's heart. And uh, it's really awesome how the Lord got this together. And, uh, man, I'm excited about sharing it with you. I kind of want to just open it up by talking about in Acts chapter 1 what Jesus says about this. And it's a beautiful thing. And we'll go over there and, and we'll read that text and then uh, we'll pray as we continue. And we'll just dive in. We'll let Pastor Kevin share stories, whatever the Lord would have him do. Uh, it's going to be a good time, guys. I'm excited. All right. So in Acts chapter 1, in verse 8, <clears throat> Jesus is talking here, of course. And well, uh, verse verse seven here. Uh, I don't want to skip verse seven. Uh, give me a moment to, to pull that up. Jesus says some um, pretty amazing things. I have it in front of me in the Weiss translation, but I don't want to read verse. Listen, people are gonna be like, "What's he talking about?" The Weiss is a deeper one, so I'm gonna get the King James back up, the King Jimmy back up on this one, guys. And give me a moment here. Uh, man, it's gonna be good. I'm excited about this, guys. You just don't know. All right, Acts chapter one, verse seven. It says here, Jesus is talking, and he says. Well, they're talking about, um, well, they ask him in verse six, when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? You know, they wanted to be back to a place where they restored it. That's what they thought Jesus was going to do in the beginning to, to begin with. It was to kind of do this to overthrow Rome, which was an oppressive to the Jewish population. And they said, when are you going to do this? And Jesus goes on to say, when are you going to restore the kingdom? Jesus says to him, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Lord has put, which the father has put in his own authority. Let's look at verse eight, though. But you shall receive. I like it here. He said, it's not given to you to know the times and seasons, but I'll tell you what has been given to you, the mm. Holy Spirit. My spiritual father, Keith Moore, he has a series talking about witnessing. He, he, he brings this out. He says, um, man, I'll tell you what, it, which one would you rather have? The ability to know the exact moment, the exact time that Jesus comes back or the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life? Yeah. Well, I feel like that should be a no-brainer to us. Now, we don't, you know, we love the end times ministry. Joe Morris, the one that I can think of off the top of the head of my head, amazing ministry. We're, we're for that. I'm not against that at all. But I, we're talking about Jesus saying, I'm, well, you don't know the exact moment, but i tell you what, you're going to get the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on now. That's a beautiful thing. You say, you'll receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's a beautiful thing. Let's pray, guys, and then we're going to, the next voice you'll hear is going to be Pastor Kevin. Father God, thank you so much. 
for his time, for getting us here. Thank you that we're here. We're in our right minds. Thank you, Father, for the anointing. We treasure and value the anointing. We, we value Pastor Kevin, Father, and what you've placed in him. I, I honor him and what you've given him, Father, to share today on the podcast for our listeners. Father, we ask that you speak beyond us. As the very oracles of God, what would it bring change? What would help to get us as a body to the next level in you? to grow up spiritually and be the witnesses that you called us to be. We give you praise for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Kevin. Amen. Well, man, that's one of my life verses. I'm so glad that you read that. Um, That's one of the verses that God used to let me know what I'm called to do. And and that was in high school. Um, I gave, I really, I, I was born again at a young age, but then fell away from the Lord for several years and then came back to the Lord when I was about 15 years old, sophomore in high school. And it was a tough year, man, because I went from being, you know, a really uh, popular kid at school to um, being that weird religious kid at school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was unwilling to abandon the new relationship with God that I had been given. And, uh, the, and I just, I saw things in scripture that I wasn't seeing in my life or in my church. And I, and I went to a great church then, and I actually did begin to see some phenomenal things happen there. God, I have a great home church that I grew up in there in Flowood, Mississippi called word of life. Pastor Ronnie Sims is my spiritual father. And so brother Hagen wow. is my spiritual grandfather and, yeah. uh, um, the pastor there now is uh, Pastor Ronnie's son, Joel Sims, who's a dear friend and an, a, just a powerful, powerful man of God that, uh, I mean, he, he doesn't just pastor a church, he pastors a city. So he's, uh, he's man, he's a hero and a friend. So I have a great spiritual lineage, if you will, that I'm so thankful yeah. for. In fact, Brother Keith Moore was one of my professors at Rama when I was there. And yeah, yeah. that's just, I still have, have the cassette tapes. Uh, submission and authority and um, oh yes sir yeah so uh and uh, for all you kids watching a cassette tape is this little anyway <laughs> grandparents <laughs> but 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 seriously uh acts 1-8 man uh and you mentioned the end times um and that's what soul winning is all about and great ministries like you mentioned um my brother joe morris the purpose of their ministry is to mobilize Christians and the church to win souls, to bring in the exactly. harvest, because we are, in fact, in the end times. And uh, uh, one, Acts 1-8, the Lord spoke to me years ago and said, if you'll do this now, it'll be training for what I've called you to do later. So in high school, man, I saw uh, miracles. I saw powerful salvations. I saw healings. Um, and I'll tell you a story and then I'll pause and let you take the conversation in the direction that you want to, but I was a junior in high school and I had already realized that my days of popularity were gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, the Lord spoke to me once and cause I was suffering, man. I, I was, I actually fought depression because I went from, you know, hero to zero and the yeah. Lord said, I've, I've, I'm delivering you from popularity. And I was like, why? <laughs> and, <laughs> He said, because I, I want you to value my approval more than the approval of others. Wow. And, uh, and man, I've been delivered from popularity ever since. And, and now I can obey God without any sense of insecurity or feeling like I have to make other people happy. And uh, yeah. now that I'm a pastor, um, that's an important thing to have. You've got to please God, not your parishioners. You're there to lead them and feed them and 
guide them and protect them, not to entertain them and to please them and make them happy. I mean, if they're happy, that's great. I want them to be, I mean, we have fun at church, right? But um, I remember my junior year in high school, I was mowing the grass because that's what good submissive sons do. They serve the family and they do their chores. And um, and if you can't um, honor and submit to authority at home, uh, you're going to have to learn it somewhere sooner or later. And uh, you're not going to ever walk in authority if you can't walk under authority. So good. um, I was mowing the yard and just praying in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And part of my prayer was, uh, Lord, if there's, and I've been actually prayed this prayer probably ever since I was about 16 years old. I still pray it today. It goes something like this. I was just, Lord, is there, if there's anything, you've done so much for me. Is there anything that I can do for you? Anything you want me to do, I'll do. Anywhere you want me to go, I'll go. Anything you want me to say, I'll say. Anywhere you want me to stay, I'll stay. My life is not my own. It belongs to you. I have been bought at a price. Here I am. Send me. I am yours to command. And I pray that prayer on a regular basis. And on that particular day, the Lord, he, he spoke back to me. He says, there is something I want you to do, son. I want you to run for student body president. Ooh. I, I said, well, Lord, I don't really have any you know, political uh, ambitions or leanings. Um, I, I, I don't, that's not something I want to do. And the Lord said, no, it's something I want you to do for me. And I said, okay, I'm out there mowing the grass. And I thought, well, wonder what my speech, you know, I have to give a speech. What would my speech be about? And the Lord said, no, 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 don't write a speech. I want you to stand up. And I'm going to put something in your heart and in your mouth to speak. And I want you to speak as the very oracles of God in that moment, unrehearsed, unplanned. I want you to, so this is in front of, you know, 2,500 fellow students in the gymnasium, right? So I said, okay, Lord, I'm good at not preparing. I'll I'll just pray in the Holy Ghost and, and get up there and say what you tell me to say. So on that, you know, the big day came and, there were other people running for student body president and uh, the first girl to get up there, we'll call her sissy cheerleader. And she said, I mean, she was as cute as a button. She said, I'm running for student body president. This is her speech. I, uh, I'm a student and I have a body. So vote for me. <laughs> and all the guys are like, yeah, we're going to vote for her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the next guy to get up there, he was a big old uh, pulling guard. He played offensive line and, He's a good guy, and I still remember him and his name. And um, and he got up and gave a great talk. And he basically he said, you know, uh, a football player, and I'm captain of the football yeah. team, and I'm a leader, so vote for me. And all the football players were like, whoa, 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 we're gonna vote for you, right? And yeah. and then it was, then it was my turn. Oh, so I got behind the lectern there. Nothing. So I walked out. <laughs> Grabbed the microphone off the podium and walked out in front of the podium. Nobody else had done that. I'm just stalling, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, utterance in the Holy Spirit began to flow. And wow. I said, hey, everybody, my name's Kevin. And everybody here today is running for student body president. But I don't want you to vote for any of them. And people were probably thinking, well, of course not. You want us to vote for you. And I said, as a matter of fact, I don't even want you to vote for me. I want you to kick the devil out of the office of your heart and make Jesus Christ the president of your life and of your soul. In fact, I'd like to see Jesus become the president, become the main influence on this campus. You know, some of you, 
your underage drinkers, some of you sleeping with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, I would like to call and invite you today to repent of your sin and make wow. Jesus the Lord of your life because he's coming soon. So don't vote for me. Don't vote for them. Would you vote for Jesus today? And that was basically the essence of my speech. Yeah. And there was an eruption on the campus. There were people that were angry. People were, you know, speaking sign language. And there were other people yeah. that were standing and clapping and cheering. And some people were booing. And other people were, uh, you know, and some people were just stunned. They were like, what was that, you know? I was a little stunned myself. When <laughs> the next guy to get up, um, he the conviction of the Lord came on this guy. Wow. And a great guy. He's actually today um, a successful businessman, a godly, godly man, and still a friend of mine. But um, he had kind of backslidden, if you will, at that time. And he got up and he said, you know, he got emotional. And he said, you know, Kevin, Kevin's right. A lot of us, we need to get right with God. And he goes, wow. Kevin said, don't vote for him. Don't vote for anybody else. He goes, but I would like to ask you to vote for me. And if you will, I will live as a godly example in front of you. I will open every morning. I'll pray over the intercom. He was actually the captain and the quarterback of our football team. And uh, mm -hmm. um, he said, I'll be a godly example on the, on the field. And he did. He wore, uh, you know, where quarterbacks, they dry their hands. But he wore and it had a, a scripture on there, Philippians, you know, I could do all things through Christ. And that yeah, yeah. dude, he did exactly what he said he would do. Everybody voted for him. He lived as a godly example in front of our whole school. And that day, though, I got to lead almost 50 fellow students to Christ who were convicted of their sin. And that was where my ministry began was that day when I was 16 years old. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> that is amazing. It goes right along with a couple of notes that I you know, jot, jotted down real quick today. Um, Man, uh, Jesus talks about, and uh, I, you listeners, I, I, I bet you can too. If you, you should be able to sense the spirit of God. The spirit of God is here, and he, he's flowing. There's something about that, right? It's a beautiful thing. It's linked to being a witness, is what it is, because He bears witness with your witness. Yes, right. that's what it's about. The Holy Spirit joins together. You sense His presence. You sense the anointing. Why? Because that's Him joining alongside. You know, I want to talk about the spirit. I'm talking about like where? Okay, where should we go witnessing? Well, Jesus tells them there, you'll be a witness. Watch where he says first in Jerusalem. It Come starts on. at home. It starts at home. Yeah. That's the beginning. Uh, this begins at home in Jerusalem. I'm reminded of the, the woman. And here's what I'm doing. My, my, my goal is to give you a couple of verses. And then Pastor Kevin is going to give you the practical, like, here's where, how he did it. Here's where he, he did this. That's what I love to do on the podcast is have people up here who have stories where they've seen this, the word, but they've also applied it in their lives. So anyway, I'm, I'm reminded of the woman who was at the well and Jesus told her everything that she had done. And yeah. she went, what did she do next? She went and she told everyone in Samaria. She said, come yeah. here, man, that, that told me everything I've ever done. And it says there in, in John 4, 39, it says many of the Samaritans of the city believed in him, watch this, because of the word of the testimony of the woman. Isn't that amazing. He, yeah. he told me everything that I'd done and many more believed, watch this, because of his own word. Mm. This is what it's called. What's what we're called to do. We bring our word, what God has done in us. But a witness is simply one who testifies of what they've seen and heard. Come on. That's, that's a witness. Well, we're not over here talking about 
going a witnessing per se, because it's been religiousized. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. <laughs> it's been re- witnessing has been religiousized. Right on. We're not talking about this religious type of thing. We're talking about you coming up to the witness stand. That's what you did, uh, Pastor Kevin, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You went up to that witness stand and you testified about what you have seen and heard in your life, how God had changed your life. But the Samaritan woman, she, she told the people they believed because of her, but then also they came and they knew for themselves. It goes on to say, we believe not only because of what you said, but we ourselves have heard him, there it is, and we know him, that he is the Christ, the Savior of the world. It's a beautiful thing. We're talking about being at a place where your life is even a witness. Not just, like I said, it's not about, not everybody's called to fivefold ministry. Uh, I'm not trying to call people into fivefold ministry, but we're all called to be witnesses. We are. We can all testify what we've seen and heard. Uh, anything come to mind uh, for, with that, Pastor Kevin? Yeah, that's so good. Um, witnessing is not something that you do. It's something that you are. Wow, Jesus yes. said, when my spirit comes upon you, and I like that word upon, it's two words that they squash together, up and on. You'll get so full of the Holy Spirit that he'll come up on you. And when that happens, there's a power that's available for you to declare and to share what you have seen and heard. I I wrote a book called The Chariot Chaser, Five Easy Steps to Lead Anybody to Jesus. And it's based off the story in Acts chapter 8 about when Philip the Evangelist led, not the big crusade that he had, but when he led the Ethiopian eunuch, it was a one-on-one encounter, and he shared Christ with him, and I I talk about the five steps that he followed when he did that, and, uh, but something, you know, witnessing, it can be an event on your calendar, but it's really a lifestyle that we're supposed to to lead and to live, and the reason I say that is because I'm kind of known as uh, a soul winner or somebody who knows about witnessing and that sort of thing. But that is secondary to what's really important to me. What's really important to me is my relationship with Jesus. Because you have to, our, our, I've said this for years and years, our calling, if you will, is to know God and to make him known. But if you don't know him, <laughs> yeah. You can't make him known. You can only make him known to the degree that you know him. And here's what I'd like to add to that. When you know him, making him known becomes a natural outflowing of who you are as a person. So Jesus said, when my spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power to be a witness, not to go witnessing, but to be it changes that's the secret if you will of christianity it's being if any man be in christ behold he is a new creature it's something that he makes us to be yeah so the essence of who we are changes but then like paul said and i think it's philippians 2 12 he says work out your salvation with fear and trembling that salvation is in us we got to work it out how do we it's not by works but what he's saying is is that the treasure that's in this earthen vessel the more that you walk with God and the more time you spend with the counselor, the Holy spirit, who's actually in us, he will, he will help heal things and straighten things out where you're bent and you're thinking. And, 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 and as you know him, you're, it's an natural outflowing to share what he's done and doing for you and through you. So I love what you said. Your witness is just somebody who shares what they've seen and what they've heard. They swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, Nothing but the truth, and God helps them. 
No, that's good. That's so good. It's right there, right? It's all there. It's oh, a beautiful God. thing. Uh, you know, witnessing and doing this type of thing, you know, I have a friend of mine uh, named Ben who he goes and he, he does that often. He'll go up to a person and he'll just, you know, he'll, he'll do it. He'll go up to a person. And he'll say, you know, what can I pray for you about? You know, as he talks to people and he's around, but, but, you know, he has a story though. You know, the Lord delivered him. He had drug addiction, different things that was going on in his life. The Lord brought him out of that. He's got a story. He's got a testimony with God, you know, and, and like I said, I feel real strong to go back to this. We're not telling everyone to go out and, and get ordained into the ministry. You, you, you're not necessarily called to that. Not everybody's called to that, you know, um, uh, the Lord spoke this to my heart. He said, I need, I want, and I have people everywhere. Mm. I need them everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, th that's what we're called to do. He needs people in at McDonald's. Yeah. He needs people in the CEO chair. He, need, he needs people in all these different facets of life. Why? Because we're called to spread this gospel. Yeah. Just spread it. And, and, and that's the key word there, spread. Mm -hmm. uh, that would mean that, that there's this person who talks to this person, talks to that person. Yeah. We understand what's going on with the, the virus. You know, that, that's what's been going on there, how that's spread. But, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you what, the gospel is supposed to be, and the kingdom is supposed to be the one that's spread, that's yeah. dominating, that's dominating the news, that's dominating what's going on in the world. It should be that. And when we get to that place, it's a beautiful thing. Then because of the story in, in the book of uh, Mark, my friend Ben, he was delivered and he went witnessing as a result of that. It reminds me of a man in Mark who was demon possessed. You know, he had legion, above for we are many, he, uh, that, that man. And Jesus, uh, he, he was gone and he healed him by the power of the spirit. And then it goes on to say that the man began to beg with him mm -hmm. uh, that he could go with him and that he could be with him. That kind of reminds me of people who get saved. You know, some people get saved and they get to a point where they just want to go to heaven. Right. You know, and, and they, they just want to, man, we're saved, we're born again now. I just want to be with, with Jesus, you know. Yeah. But Jesus points something out here, I believe, that applies to us today. He said, go home to your friends yeah. and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he's had compassion on you. And he departed, that man departed, and he began to publish uh, in the place where he was from all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. You know, I like that they use the word publish there. And this is just Elijah thinking out loud on yeah. what it's kind of like he wrote a book or something, right? It's like he's publishing it That's throughout. Right. Like, this is what happened. He, what is he doing? He's testifying about what's happened in his life. But he, but he wanted to go with, be with Jesus. And I believe, you know, the Lord said this. I know this is pretty radical, but I know a lot of young people listen to my podcast. But the Lord said this to my heart. He said, I know it's radical, but I'm going to say it anyway. He said that I did. And just in my heart, he said, Elijah, you know, there, there, there would have been several school shootings that would have been avoided if there was a witness, Ooh. if there was somebody who was witnessing. Now, I'm saying, I know that's radical, but I believe it's what the Lord said, that that's what, what God needs. What if, what if the young people were stepping up to that one who was bullied, who then later on got a gun, who then later on, what, 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 where were the Christians? Where, where, where were they at when that was going down? Where was the love? Where was that showing that compassion? We're being like Jesus. And we're not, I'm not judging anybody, but I'm saying I want to wake us up. Yeah. I want to I want to challenge us. Yeah. I myself included. I'm talking to everybody yeah. to be a to be a witness. You know, I, I like it. There, it's you're being a witness. In uh, in other words, as you flow with God and in His Spirit, it's almost as if it just becomes natural. That's you right. know, because we're not human doings; we're human beings. So so it, it just comes natural as you flow. 
And as you're in this fellowship, like you said, Pastor Kevin, being in this communion with God, that first relationship with God, it yeah. becomes second nature. You're yeah. witnessing. Your life is a witness. My spiritual mother, I'll say this, my spiritual mother, Miss Phyllis Moore, she talks about a story where she was going and getting her hair done. And she, you know, she she's big on talking about leaving tips, you know, yeah. and, and being being and that's a part of our witness. Yeah. So anyway, she was doing that with this lady, and this lady was actually wanting a, a, uh, some scissors because she was, you know, she was a hairstylist. She wanted right. to get these these scissors, and so uh, Miss Phyllis, you know, sold that money into her and did that as a witness. And that lady, she started crying like a two year old. Miss Phyllis oh. tells the story. And she says that she had just been, she she had no idea how she was going to be able to pay for those scissors, how she was going to be able to pay it off. What What is that? What's happening? That's a greater witness than leaving a track. Uh -oh. Right. Come on, man. I'm getting off into it now. <laughs> I, I'll say, I'll share this story. I'll let Pastor Kevin share another one of his stories. And uh, I was working at Pomera Bread before uh, I went to be a part of the Pearsons. I had the honor and privilege of being with Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons nice. for their internship. And, uh, but anyway, before that, I was working at Primera and I was doing tables. And I went up to this table, and it uh, looked like that I was left a $100 bill. I was like, oh, wow, praise the Lord. I pick it up. It's a track. Oh, and as soon as, it, as soon as I saw that, I just said, Lord, I don't want to be like that. I'm not, I'm not judging that person. They're doing to the best of their ability. They're doing to the best of their knowledge. But come on, man. Somebody going through a rough day. Right. Somebody going through whatever, had somebody chewing them out the other day. The last thing they need to see, <laughs> going up, feel like, oh, here's a $100 bill to make their day, to, to give them something, to help them out. And then yeah. next thing they know, nope, it's just a trap. And then <laughs> that turns them all to the things of God. Yeah. Why? Because God was misrepresented. So I, it's not about doing all that kind of stuff. It, right. being a, what would be a witness there? Being a witness right there, in the case roles are reversed, is leaving that person a $100 bill saying, hey, God loves you. Yeah. God, hey, this is from God. God's thinking about you today. That's, That's right. what really blesses people. Go ahead, Pastor Kevin. Well, I mean, God is so generous with us. And when we live an abundant life, I believe it's a great witness to others. Because then yeah. you're blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. Because we're talking about being a witness. That includes That's being good. a blessing to people. So here's a thought about being. Um, I, I, I say this, I've said this for years, but Dogs bark, sinners cuss, Christians witness. Why? Because that's just who we are and what yeah. we do. We, we, not, we, we can't help it. We don't have to conjure it up. It's yeah. A light shines. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. And back to something you said earlier, we're not all called to the fivefold ministry, and that's true, but we are all called to be a witness. That's and exactly. when you're a good steward of the anointing to be a witness that Jesus gave us in Acts 1-8, power to be a witness, that's when you begin to step in and tap into other uh, or greater anointings, if you will. Um, not that there's a greater, anything greater than sharing the gospel, but, but people wonder, well, why don't I see miracles and blind eyes open? And why don't I have financial breakthroughs? And well, are you being a witness? Jesus okay. already gave you an anointing. Are you using it? Because here's one thing I know about the kingdom of God is it's a kingdom of stewardship. And if you're not faithful with what he's already given you, he's a wise manager and he's not going to give you more. But yeah. if he sees you being a good steward of the power to be a witness and to share the good news with other people, then God's like, hey, there's somebody I can give a little something, something more to. They can, handle, they can handle more, right? And so uh, 
and I'm convinced that, uh, not that I have a, a huge ministry or anything like that, but I love serving the Lord and I'm honored to do it in the capacity that I do. And I love pastoring my church and we have a ministry overseas where we plant churches in, in another developing country. And we've, we've helped plant a couple of hundred churches and we have a few Bible schools and children's homes and things like, like that. There's still tons to do over there. But my point is, is that I'm convinced that I would not have been enabled to do any of that if that's that much, if I hadn't been faithful with the, this much of just being a widow, telling people yeah. about Jesus. So I want to tell, tell your listeners how to get a free copy of my book. If you go to Amazon yeah, and look up The Chariot Chaser, you can download a free copy of it if you have a Kindle. And I think there's a place on there where you can just click it and read it right there on their website as well. So it's free. Of course, you can order physical copies, but there's free copies that are for downloading. It's called The Chariot Chaser. And lots of people do small groups around them, training, uh, evangelistic training things around them, that sort of thing. So I'd love for your folks to, to get a free copy of that. Yeah, you guys, you heard it here first. Do it. Get on it. Uh, as we begin to wrap this up, I want to recap one thing. He said, be a witness, first of all, in Jerusalem. It starts at home. Good. That's where it starts, being a witness there. We also see that the man who was um, healed from uh, re released in, from the demons, that uh, he told him to go to your friends. Yeah. Uh, see, he, did, he didn't just tell him to go to anybody necessarily. He said, go to the people that know you. Why? Because that's a witness in and of itself. They knew this guy was was a mad, the man of the Gatherings. He's over there cutting himself with stones. You know, he's doing all this. They see this deliverance that happens. That's, that's a witness. Right. And uh, one thing, I, another thing I want to say here, don't be ashamed of your testimony. That's don't right. be ashamed of where, what, what God's done in your life. He said in 2 Timothy 1, 7, this is the Passion Translation, God will never give you the spirit of fear. I like that, Pastor Kevin. It is, it's definite. It's saying God will never give you the spirit of fear. So if, it's, if you're operating in fear, then that's, you know it's not him. That's right. an easy tell, tell sign. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit gives you mighty power. That's what Jesus said. You'll receive power to be witnesses. Power, mm -hmm. love, and self-control. But notice what he says next. So never be ashamed of the testimony. Ooh. There it is. It goes right in to witnessing. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Don't be ashamed of me, uh, his prisoner. And But overcome every evil, watch this, by the revelation of the power of God. Now, time out. That, that my, got my gears to turn. My preacher gear got to turn when I read that. He said, overcome every evil by the revelation of the power of God. Well, what did he say in Revelation? He said they overcame him yeah. by the blood of the lamb. Was the second thing, though, the word of their testimony. Yes. This is what it is. This is what we use and what we do. One example I'll say here, and I want Pastor Kevin to share his India story, a uh, very popular story if you follow him and know him about him, but it's anointed every time he shares it. But I want to share this one thing here uh, in John chapter 9, an example here. The man, you know, he was born blind, and mm. Jesus ministered to him. He said, now they, the disciples are asking natural questions. They're like, well, who sinned because of this? Was it his parents? Well, what went, went down? He said, look, Jesus said, so that the mighty works of God could be shown in him. Notice the mighty works hadn't been shown in him yet because mm. he's, he's still blind, but they were going to be shown when he's healed. And so he gets healed and all that. The Sanhedrin, the, the Sadducees, they're sad, you see. There's a good old Bible joke for you. you. You remember that from the Bible days from college. But anyway, he goes on and they, they get him and they take him and they question him, right? In other words, he's called to be a witness. They're, yeah. they're putting him on the stand. And uh, it says here in verse 21, it says um, his parents are brought up and they asked him a couple questions. This is still the Passion Translation. They answered, we, know, we have no idea what happened. We don't know what happened. 
He said, ask him. He's a mature adult. He can speak for himself. Watch this. Now, the parents were absolutely intimidated by the Jewish religious leaders, for they had already announced to the people that if anyone confessed Jesus as a Messiah, they would be excommunicated. This is why they told him, ask him yourself. What? They were intimidated. Well, then they brought the blind man in. <clears throat> and he said here, listen, they said, swear to God, tell us the truth. What is this? He's, he's on the witness stand. Here it is right here. It's a beautiful picture of it. We know the man who healed you is a sinful man. Do you agree with us? The mm -hmm. man, the healed man said, listen, I have no idea what kind of man he is. Watch <laughs> this. All I know is I was blind. Now I can see for the first time in my life. That's it. It's that simple. Medicine yeah. is that simple. It's like, listen, I don't know. Listen, I don't know all the, the doctrine. I don't know all the Greek words. I don't know what this word means. All I know is I was addicted to pornography. He brought me out. I don't know about all this. I don't know about this. I know there's teaching about grace and faith and there has to be a balance. I don't know about all of that. All I know is I was this, but now he brought me off into that. Mm. I don't know about this and the third, but I do know this. I was broke, but then he provided for every one of my needs according to his riches. What is yeah. that? That's witnessing. And even as the listeners are listening, what's happening? Your spirit's getting stirred up. Why is that? That's the Holy Spirit bearing yeah. witness with your testimony. That's right. You probably should never be ashamed of it. Pastor Kevin, share anything you want, but just tag in that into your story for me. All right, I'll do my best. So, uh, yeah, you got me excited there because – I did, a, I did a series back in the fall called, uh, at our church, BYOB, Bring Your Own Bible. And people mm. can check it out at harvestmobile.com. But it's a, it's a series about how do we know that the Bible is accurate, that it hasn't been changed or manipulated to manipulate us? How do we know that it's the authentic, inerrant Word of God? Is it archaeologically accurate, historically accurate, all those things? So we, we get all up into that. And I have people say, Pastor Kevin, I don't know all that stuff. I, I, I'm not an apologist. I don't know about, you know, archaeology, and I don't know about where, what, where the dinosaurs went, and I don't know about yeah. theology and eschatology and hermeneutics and all that stuff. And I just stop them and go, hey, look, you don't have to know all that. Yeah. All you got to know is Jesus. You got to know Jesus. Yeah. And you got to say what he did for you, just like you said. I don't know about all that, but here's what I do know. I was messed up, now I'm not. I was a jerk, now I'm nice. I was addicted, and now I'm free. I was lost, but now I'm found. That's so good, man. You got to have faith in the gospel. Paul said good. it this way, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation for them that believe. So Paul said, I have come to be confident that when I share the good news, there are predictable results. That's why he wasn't ashamed. And so mm. when I share the gospel, I don't have to convince people, even though he said, I persuade men in another place, but I don't have to talk them into it. I just have to throw it out there and I have yeah. to let them, let the gospel do what the gospel does, just like a seed does what it does in the soil. It's going to grow and come up. We don't understand all that, how it works, but it works. The gospel works have faith in the gospel all right so now i'm going to throw you a uh, a, a slider here a slight curveball i'm going to tell you a different story from india because oh. it goes perfectly with this go and ahead yes sir years ago i was i used to live in calcutta and um so i had moved out of that city into another indian city for some time and i went back to visit calcutta and there's a little restaurant that i used to eat at a lot when I lived there, and it's called the Blue Sky Cafe. It's still there. It's on Sadar Street. If you've ever been to Calcutta, you know it, and uh, it was a great little breakfast place. On Saturday mornings, I'd take my 
my two and my three-year-old son there, and we would eat breakfast and hang out, have a morning together, and while our Bible school students were in the streets sharing their faith and being a witness and that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, um, when I went back to visit, I walked in one day. It was, uh, I was with a, another friend of mine who lives there. And when I walked in, one of the waiters, he said, oh, my God, Mr. Kevin, it's been a long time since you've been to our restaurant. Come sit in your favorite chair. And he said, I know what you always ordered two eggs over medium with peanut butter, toast and honey and mixed fruit juice. Is that what you want today? I was like, wow, yeah, what an amazing memory. He remember my name, he remember my order. And his name is Samson. And so Samson went to get my order. And while he went, walked away, the Holy Spirit said, uh, how long have you known that man? And I thought, well, gosh, I guess 1997, I met him. And so that's been, gosh, 10 more or more years. And the Lord said, have you ever shared, ever told him about me? The Lord said, today's the day. I want you to, I want you to tell him about me today. He's ready. I said, okay. So he came back with my order and I said, Samson, we've known each other a long time. He said, yes, 1997, November, you came in my store for the first time with your tall friend. I was like, wow, you do have a great memory. <laughs> I said, all these years I've known you, Samson, there's something I've never told you, but I feel like I need to share it with you today. May I share it with you? He said, of course, you're my friend. You can tell me anything. I said, Samson, I know you're a, uh, you're a Muslim, right? He said, yes, I'm a Muslim. Allah is one. I said, okay, well, there's something I need to tell you. Um, I'm a Christ follower, and in your holy book, the Quran, it says that one day Jesus, Isa, is coming again. He said, yes, it is in there. And I just asked my cleric at the mosque, what does this mean? Why is Jesus coming again? But he didn't know. Can you tell me? I said, that's what I want to tell you, why Jesus is coming again. He said, oh, yes, I really want to know the answer to that. I said, well... Samson, Jesus, and I started quoting, um, is it first or second Corinthians four or 15 rather verses three and four, first Corinthians 15, three and four, where it says that uh, the word just gives you the gospel in a nutshell. I said, Jesus no. died for your sins. He said, Oh no, because you have to realize Muslims don't believe that Jesus died. They believe either that, um, Jesus was, uh, uh, caught up into heaven before he died some, some believe the swoon theory that when he was on the cross, like he fainted and they thought he was dead. So when they took him down, you know, he got up and he snuck away, you know, sneaky Jesus. And then, then some of them believe that when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, that when Judas came to betray him with the kiss that Allah made Jesus's face, come on Judas's face and Judas's face, come on Jesus's face. So when they came and arrested Jesus, they really grabbed Judas and they crucified Judas and Allah took Jesus, who looked like Judas, to heaven, and it's the big original face-off. Yeah, uh, I was literally thinking that. That's great. I'm glad you threw that in there. And so I, I told a guy one time I was sharing Christ with in Central India. He told me that story, and I said, he's a Muslim. I said, well, that's why I can't serve your Allah, because he's a deceiver. Oh, I didn't go over very oh, well. I actually had to run. But, but wow. uh, the truth will make you free. And so yeah. all these, from their youth, Muslims have been taught this. So when I said the gospel— Remember, I don't have to tell him this is true. I just share the gospel, and, and the Holy Spirit confirms it. I said, Jesus died for your sins. He said, oh, no. I said, and then they buried him. He said, no. 
Samson, on the third day, God raised his son Jesus from the dead. And he said, no. And then I said, he did all that according to the scriptures. I was just quoting 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. All this happened according to the scriptures. He said, no. I said, now, I want to tell you why the Quran says Jesus is coming again. Because the Bible says it too. He is coming again. He goes, yes, yes. That's what I want to know. I said, Jesus is coming again to judge everyone who doesn't believe what I just told you. And he said, oh, my God. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> the gospel, bam. It hit him yeah, right. It hit him. That's what it got but the conviction of the Holy Spirit convicted his heart. So he said, good. oh, my God. What should I do? I said, you should believe what I just told you. And he said, with all sincerity, he says, I don't know how. Mm. Said, That's why God sent me here today to show you how. Give me your hand. He gave me his hand. And right there in the Blue Sky Cafe on Siddhar Street in Calcutta, India, I led my friend Samson to Jesus. And he became a Christ follower that wow. day. That's the power of the, you don't have to give the gospel power. It's already got it. All you have to That's do so is share it. One last verse. Acts 28, 28, and this is what it says. I'll give you the short version. They will hear. That's a promise. The gospel of Jesus Christ, they will hear it. So here's the question. The question isn't whether or not whether they'll hear, hear it. The question is, will you tell it? So good. How can they hear without a preacher? Oh, it's powerful. Man, oh, man. <clears throat> um, one thing I'll leave you guys with here we'll have to have them back to tell the other india story that was that was that was amazing but we'll have to have them back to tell the other one that was great though that was inspired that's what we need to hear um the first corinthians 3 i'll just throw this in here so, you know paul says in first corinthians 3 verse 6 i planted apollos watered but god gave the increase uh so he said the one who planted he, he who waters what, what are, who is that you know that doesn't matter but it's all about God who's given the increase. I want to say that because there have been people I sense by my heart that are listening to this and that will listen to this who they have witnessed before, but it didn't go over so well. I said, well, you know what? I believe you were planning. Yeah. You could have been, you could have been ordering. You know, there's all these things. But I'm telling you what, God will give the increase. When we will do what he tells us to do, how he tells us to do it, God will give the increase. One last thing I'm going to ask, Pastor Kevin, I'm going to ask you two things. And then um, the first thing I want to ask is, for those who may be watching the video, can you tell us what your shirt says? Because mm -hmm. if they were looking at it, they were probably like confused. Here we go. It says, loving the hell out of Mob Town. I live in Mobile, Alabama, and this is uh, one of our, our outreach department got these made. So when we go out and serve our community and do pop-up churches and that sort of thing, loving the hell out of Mob Town because people are going through hell and we want to bring them heaven. That's so good. That's great. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, because I can sense maybe somebody saw the, the love and the hell. Like, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> so, anyway. And then lastly, Pastor Kevin, as we wrap this up, would you pray over us, sir? Oh, yeah. That'd be honored. Thank you, Elijah. Oh, Father God, we come before your throne of grace in the name of Jesus. And thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to show us things to come, and to give us power, dunamis, dynamite, miracle-working power to be witnesses, to be able just to confidently and boldly share the good news with other people. Boldness is not a personality trait. It is one of the characteristics of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. Some people are quietly bold. Others are loud, bold. But Lord, 
when you are present and upon us and with us, and when we're full of your spirit, we are bold as a lion. And so I just ask for a release of that boldness into the lives of those that are watching and listening today. There will be an increase in their divine godly boldness as they share the good news. It's, it's basically, we have the antidote. We have the cure. Give us the confidence to pass that along to those who need it the most and lead us across the path of those that need and that are ready to hear the gospel in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Hey, um, uh, hey guys, this has uh, been Pastor Kevin Cooley. Pastor Kevin, uh, where can they follow and all that kind of, I know you shared a little bit of information throughout the podcast, but one more time, if you wouldn't mind. I'll be honored. Um, PK Cooley is me on Instagram, Pastor Kevin, PK Cooley or Kay Cooley on, um, or just my name on Facebook. And then harvestmobile.com is our church website where a lot of our messages are archived. And we have a YouTube channel, Harvest Church, and all that kind of stuff as well. And if you want to know about our work overseas, that is Embassy of Hope. Embassy of Hope. Ambassadors hang out in embassies. So embassyofhope.org. That's awesome. And Pastor Kevin, I want to give you just a quick moment to share about your overseas work. Just give us a, a brief summary of that. You mentioned that a little bit too, but I want to make sure everybody's aware, uh, if, you, if you would. Sure. Luke 10 and Matthew 9 says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The number one thing that we do is we train laborers. We train <clears throat> gospel-centered, word-equipped uh, leaders to go into the context of their own culture and plant churches where there is no church. We're currently building a ministry base in the middle of the largest unreached people group on the planet. So believe God with us for that. Uh, we bought land. It was miraculous. We've built uh, a wall and boundary around it because uh, we also have we'll have a bible school a church and a children's home so there's elephants in the jungle we don't want elephants stepping on our orphans and bible school students and that sort of exactly. thing exactly built a big wall around it it's three acres and now we need about uh we only need about 200 grand to build the first phase of our bible school and um children's home so uh we're excited about it we still rent facilities in different places over there in india wow. And it's embassyofhope.org. That's my little dog saying hi back there in the background. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, we love training leaders and helping them plant churches to reach their own people because they speak the language. They like the food. They understand yeah. the culture. Uh, and they can go further faster than we can. So we, our calling is to help them fulfill their calling, embassyofhope.org. That's great. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, you know, everyone that's listening to the podcast, uh, you said it was uh, two grand. Is that correct, Pastor, Pastor Kevin? Is that what you guys agree? 200,000. 200,000. 200,000. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, guys, hey, be, be hooked with him in that. I know a lot of my guys listen to the podcast. They, um, if the Lord moves you, so into it, get involved, do what the Lord, just whatever the Lord tells you to do is what I'll say. Uh, do that. And, and uh, that's all, that's all we need. If we got everybody obedient to the that's heavenly vision, that's yeah. all it takes, yeah. you know? And so that's a beautiful thing. And so we stand with you, Pastor Kevin, for the completion of that, to see that working and God doing a quick work in that. So, Hey guys, thank you so much for listening for watching, for being a part of this. Such a beautiful thing, a beautiful time together. Uh, leave a like, a comment, a review. Let us know if this blessed you today. My name's Elijah Merle, and remember this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world.
That was a fun podcast. So many great stories. Don't forget to get that book, The Chariot Chaser. And also, if you want to watch this podcast, go on YouTube and search up Elijah Merle. Look for that Greater Than Math logo, the same logo that's on our logo for the podcast. Click on that. Click on videos, and it should be the first video that pops up. Go watch that. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you again, Pastor Kevin Cooley and Frankie. Please come back.